Welcome to Whose Turn Is It? This is Klein, beaming in from my very own Earth Pod, provided to all members of the Earth Hotel. This is where we now do all of our editing work, along with all trance meditation and apologizing for whatever's wrong with this week's episode. Speaking of being terrible, we did want to forewarn you that there are a few instances of audio distortion throughout this episode. We assure you that these audio errors are a product of the ghost that haunts Wes and Dash's apartment and has nothing to do with the fact that we're a group of amateurs with a mic none of us has any business owning. So while enjoying this episode, please do not adjust your headphone cables or throw your speakers out the window, or unsubscribe from Whose Turn Is It? Now that we are with Earth Hotel, we can enjoy quality of life advantages, like this Earth Pod, or such abstract things as expertise in the field. We are proud to say that the quality of Whose Turn Is It can only rise from here, and we are eager to shed such previous pedestrian attempts like a vestigial tale Thank you, Earth Hotel, for adopting us and giving us a better tomorrow. Now please, enjoy who's... T- <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, it smells a little bit like uh, like fennel in the earth pot. <sighs> Every time I take a deep breath, I just get a, a whiff of fennel. I don't know what's going Just you wait, guys. I'm gonna run a D and D campaign, and the last final boss, I'm gonna pull out minis and shit. I'm gonna have terrain and everything. You guys are gonna be super into it. There's gonna be like epic music playing in the background. It's like, and then you hear swooping over the town, and I'm gonna set a dragon dick on the table. You guys have to stare at it while you fight it. That's gonna. Oh, speaking of fantastic dicks. We're talking about bad game masters today. Hey, that's our that's our tie-in. Something okay. that we are all guilty of at some point in our life. Yeah, uh, I, love you. I don't know what you're talking about. Be returning I, to the room. I think it worked out. It's like I walked well. right in and like, oh, segue time. Better yep. sit. <laughs> oh God, who are we? Oh right, uh, this is whose turn is it? The uh, podcast for four semi-charming narcissists. It's not semi-charming. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's not semi anymore. It's never been semi-charming because semi-charming is like a kind of life, but we're vaguely charming. Oh my god! Like I'm trying to keep people from invoking fucking grammar Nazi. No, no. I just don't want people to think about that fucking. He doesn't want us to think about third eye blind every time. No, it does sound better to say semi-charming. But Third Eye Blind figured that out like years ago, and so we gotta go with vaguely Fine. charming. We are vaguely charming. Narcissists. We are twelve episodes in, Dottie. We are professional now. Oh right? well, fuck off. He's done it. He's done it for the last like eleven of those episodes. <laughs> True. Uh, Fine. For vaguely charming narcissists that try to teach you to pretend good. Uh, I'm Michael Dottie. I'm Dash Holman. I'm Wesley Franks. And I'm Klein Martin. So what's up, guys? How's how's your uh, your past week of gaming gone? Ooh, pretty spicy. Pretty yeah. spicy. Sexy, sexy week in gaming. Yeah. I actually want to start with you, Klein, because you started your new game Woo! that I missed. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah. So I finally got around to starting Black Unicorn, which I probably mentioned on the past three or four episodes. But we played our first like 
not even proper session, but our first um, almost like a game session, mm-hmm. is mostly just sort of like improv with very little game mechanics. But I started the game out with doing a little experiment because uh, every time we sit down to game, I always feel like there's this gap between everyone sitting down and everyone actually being in character. Yeah. So I started them off in like a weird sort of very generic but also silly sort of tutorial session mm-hmm. where they were literally sitting inside of a bar or a tavern. Um, the tavern was vaguely themed after the Red Room in uh, Twin Peaks, but basically I just sort of plopped them in there so everyone could go through and... T- you know, tell each other who they were, what their sort of general life was, and they could fight some thugs. And that was sort of a non-canonical uh, warm-up session before the game actually started. It really got, like, us into character. Uh, it really helped. Yeah. It took too fucking long, but I thought, you know, it helped me out, too. Uh, well, that, that's it. Well, you did the CR rating uh, yeah, and yeah. stuff, which, but the thing is, t- thugs... Mm-hmm. And bandits are different. Two different things. I, no, I, I really like using like you're just gonna fight some generic thugs, like throwing some putties at the power. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. The whole time I was like, this looks like it. Like I described everything as if it was like a hack sort of job, and so I think it worked out pretty well. They barely won. Um, <laughs> I thought the uh, challenge rating was t- was tuned properly for something that was just sort of improving, but I forgot the um, the multiplier. Yeah, that is it's actually not just. It's not just like one, it's not like two half challenge rating creatures equal one. Two half challenge rating creatures equal like 1.5 yep. challenge yeah. rating. So they were actually slightly at a, at a disadvantage, but they won. Yeah, we got it. Not right. everyone died. I got knocked out in that fight. Everyone pretty much got knocked out. Yeah. I, I'm just over here touching people with spare the dying because I'm playing a sorcerer, but also a cleric kind because of, I have cleric spells. Healing sorcerer, so the squishiest healing. thing you can imagine. No, I'm yep. so squishy. It's so terrifying having eight hit points. I was like the whole time I was like, get me away from these people. Oh no! <laughs> they can breathe on me and I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played something with eight hit points starting at level one, and it is so terrifying. Sorcerer life, I man. Think, so. I think it was in like third edition. You could start a character at level zero, which is only like one d four hit points. Three uh, and three point five. Uh, three point five. Any class yeah. levels? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, which I did Fun. one time. Yeah, one time. <laughs> villager yeah. campaign is usually what yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like oh, a childhood fun. campaign. Yeah, yeah. Oh, love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like so good. sounds so like so much fun. Mm-hmm. Wes, what you got? Uh, well, did uh, some of the playing in Black Unicorn. That was fun. I'm playing as sorcerer, which I've. Never really played a true blue spellcaster before. Like, the closest I got was a bard, but you can still combat, like, melee combat with a bard. They're really versatile. So that was really fun. Um, almost TPK'd, uh, TPK'd my, uh, roll 20, uh, party. Nice. With, um, and, and uh, they were, I was really proud of them because they really stuck. I had to have an NPC come in and kind of help them at the end because their main tank was taken down oh, because he, he tanked too much. And his tankiness drew two other packs of kobolds and cultists. <laughs> he tanked off more than he could tank. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and all of their all their uh, watch that AOE. They have two spellcasters. Don't pull the trash. And one rogue and uh, their tank. He's using the knight homebrew class. Yeah, uh, right, 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 right. Because it's really interesting. And I was like, yeah, definitely. Um, I want y'all to have fun. It's their first time playing D anD. d Oh, cool. Nice. They're, they're doing great. Um. Uh, and now there's going to be a single... I'm running them through Horde of the Dragon Queen. So at the end of this uh, encounter that they're having in this town called Greenest, uh, they have to... Uh, one of the party has to do one-on-one combat with a half 
uh, Dragonborn, a uh, Dragonborn uh, champion uh, fighter, mm. and so uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they pick and how that turns out because they can one person can take this guy on if they play tactically. So that's really cool. Okay. Nice. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, did some artists. Right. And that was awesome. Oh, yeah. I almost died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you were the one who was probably damaged the most. I, I, oh yeah, I absolutely. Right you were. In there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were. I got two wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. God damn. Two wounds and I was raging. What what, ha- what hit you again? Arrows? Uh no, I got knocked into a wall because uh, death patron. Or, you know, uh, death. 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 (laughs) I was fighting death. And I was like, but I was raging. I was in berserker mode. (laughs) Yeah. She she threw him into the glass wall. That's right, that's right. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Before things got really sour. While while Josie was trying to entangle the avatar. I was trying to... Because I... There was a stone in the head, and I figured, oh, it's a magical stone. If you take the stone out of the head, and the guy stops working. I rip the stone out of the head, and... Nope, still going. Didn't, didn't do anything. Didn't do a single thing. It was thing. just Very a It's <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> I actually wanted to talk about that because I did the coolest thing I've ever done in any tabletop game in history in that game, which is um, I shot an arrow out of the air before it hit me. Yeah, yes, you like, did. I've never been so, like... Happy you did it. Game. You did it with your finger because yes. you've got the, the, the gun <laughs> finger, like your finger. So Fingies. to explain, uh, Klein's character had fingers removed and replaced with with little I guns. Didn't have four them fingers. Removed. Well, they were cut off. They got Forcibly cut off. removed. Yeah, and then and then replaced. And so yeah, you just pointed your middle finger at an arrow that was firing <laughs> at you and shot it out of the sky. That was uh, that was pretty remarkable. Oh yes, it was so good. Good yeah. times were had by everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dash. So yeah, well, my week in gaming was running that game. Uh, <laughs> I was also in Black Unicorn, but yeah, uh, that was the official start to uh, my artist season three game. I actually have I played did you guys' game last Saturday? What, what day was it? I don't Friday. Remember. It was Friday. Friday. Yeah. Um, track the time. But uh, Ran, you guys the 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 your party's game, and then the other party I'm running tomorrow. Yep. Actually, so uh, that's pretty exciting. When I get off of work, I'm gonna come in, and be a quiet boy, and just sit right there and, and listen. <laughs> I've been looking, listen. I've actually I actually got some music prepped for that game tomorrow that I'm really excited about. Nice. Um, Use it, but a particular song. Uh, you know, if you want to know how important that is, you should probably go back and listen to the ambiance uh, episode we did. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much my week, was running that game and playing a little Black Unicorn. What about you, Daddy? Uh, well, I ran Dark Heresy yesterday. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm yesterday. sorry. You're right. Yes, I was in your Dark Heresy game last night, which was awesome. I killed so, so many people with my beautiful new heavy stubber. Ran their first big combat, their first actual boss battle where they were against the elites. What did you kill people with? A heavy stubber? It's like a uh, like a fifty caliber machine gun. Oh, he's, he's, he's our okay. light machine gun. I was like, gun. I don't know what those words mean. But yeah, cool. Oh, dude, it was. I think that's the most cohesive we've ever been as a unit. Oh yeah, you guys did fantastic. And we like night. instead of rushing in like a bunch of fools. Um, like a bunch of jabronis. Because there's like oh, there's Kylie's, like, Kylie's character did rush in like a bunch of fools. Well, there was a tunnel <laughs> that was leading into like yeah. the main, which could have been bad news bears. If we yeah, were in there. Uh, we they're like, uh, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to run in or are you going to set up and prepare? We're like. 
Well, we just set up and prepare. Me, me and you, Wes, we were fucking just like like four or five rounds, just like I'm on Overwatch. I'm, I'm on, on Overwatch. Overwatch. Just like sitting there with our guns ready, just like whatever comes through that tunnel, we are lighting it up. I was, I was, I'm playing an administratum character, which is a guy who can get you things, and like he's like a. He's, he's, he, he can procure things. And I was like, what am I going to do with them? I was like, is there a sniper rifle around? Because I'm so squishy. And he was like, yeah, there's a sniper rifle around. I was like, I'm going to turn my guy into a sniper, I guess. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> I'm like, I'm walking, I haven't been touched by a single enemy, and I'm Your looking. Glissa skill is still pretty low, but if you sit and aim for like two turns, you're you're fine. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I get like plus, plus 20, I think, if I sit and aim, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But aside from uh, Dark Heresy, uh, I've got uh, you tomorrow for Argus. Yep. Looking forward yep, to yep, that yep. with... Mohanan. That's gonna be fun. I even mispronounced my own character. I was, I was about to say, you know, you know you can introduce your character by his actual name no, if you want. Nope. You're just gonna call yourself Mohanan from now on? Okay, that's fine. Just so you can correct people. Yeah, yeah. It's a fond farewell to Grigori. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Still interested to find out why he's alive, but... Is it the same guy? Who? Mohanan. Yeah. It's the same Mohanan? Same one. The one who died in your arms? The one who got shot in the face. real life years ago? <laughs> three, three, three real life, <laughs> three years, real life years, years ago. Three real life years ago. Um, Dottie, do you, do you want to segue us no, right into our topic? It's like four years. That's, that probably it's probably about four now. Yeah. We're old. Time is relative. Listen. It's a flat circle, all right? <laughs> <laughs> if, true, if True Detective taught me anything... It's what it, Wes said. It's, it, time is a flat circle, and you have to, you, to be cool, you have to squint at somebody and rub your fingers together and talk in a vaguely Texan, but also Louisiana accent. And yeah, also perfect. make weird figures out of cans for some reason. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's happening in that show. Yeah, and just have shit, one long it. shot about a scene that has nothing to do with the movie as a whole, or at, the series uh, as a whole. At all. Nope. <laughs> but it's cool. Have a guy lawn mowing. You know. Anyways, yeah, moving anyways. on. <laughs> so aside from cool series that have zero payoff, we're um, talking about some, today. Yeah, we're talking about some fantastic dicks. Uh, in continuation with our problem players episode that we did, uh, we are doing uh, problem GMs. Uh, and originally, I had uh, just like my problem players, where I had different archetypes. I had seven for this, but uh, I chewed it down into five because uh, a couple of them can just fold into the others. Um, and what we'll be talking about today, we're going to break them down individually, but uh, the Railroader, uh, the Twiddler, oh, uh, wow. the Grinder. I'm curious what a Twiddler the is. The Enabler, <laughs> and the Executioner. <laughs> we need oh, more so, oh, so I'm number five. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I call you number you five. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Savage world yeah. I'm probably an Enabler. I think we all are. We're all enablers. Yeah. It's all slightly enabling. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. Let's start with the railroader, the common one. That's yeah, the, the, the most common and most infuriating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. I totally uh, agree. A railroader uh, won't give players any say in the direction of the story, uh, or in the direction the story could take. Yeah. Uh, they might enforce their carefully planned events through an NPC or just make sure any action they disapprove of fails. Either way, they're trying to run the game like writing a book. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Sure. That's a big no-no. Yep. If you want to write a story, write a story. Don't play a game. Like, how, how might this manifest, then? Well, we want to talk about our individual experiences with... Uh, yeah, yeah we all know that. Yeah. Um, start with Soft Dash. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I can start. Um, I, I did have a... I, I haven't run into this problem too many times. Uh, I would say my first DM had a little bit of this problem, but he was very focused on running a specific module that he was actually supposed to be testing. 
Um, so I can give him some leeway for that. I, I want to interrupt you and say real quick that this is the equivalent of the metagamer, I think. The mm, railroad yeah. game. It's, it's a very easy thing that everyone kind of does a little bit from time to time yeah. just because of the nature of the of the, of the the medium. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. Go, go on. I'm sorry. Uh, and so, and then I had a, another DM who I've mentioned before is the, the DM who shall not be named, um, who I wouldn't say he was... Yes, Tony? If I know his name? You don't know his name. Or, you, I mean, you probably know his name. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, you did know him. Yeah, you did know him. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, that guy sucked. Um, but he wasn't too guilty of that, I would say. But when he did use it, it was blatant and almost offensively, like, Forcing us into certain actions, regardless yeah. of whether we as people or even as characters gave a shit about what he was forcing us to do. Like the 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 problem of telling your players no, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You never. Everyone's gonna do it. Everyone does it. Yeah. Um, but you should never wield that like a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> right. Right. And it, it, it can be hard because, you know, especially with a game like D&D where you do need the party as a cohesive unit, it yeah. can be hard to, like, try to make the players stick together just because that particular game system almost requires it. Yeah, that D&D, more so than Pathfinder or any other game system I've played, yeah. you have, like, the party has to be a party. You have to yeah. work together. If, if you don't, if you fall to infighting, you're dead. Like, you're all yeah. dead. Like you, you, and and so, I can understand with D and D. There's a little bit of limitations you'll put on your party, railroad wise. But that's not really railroading. That's just GMing. Yeah. Well, it it can be hard to separate those two things of like, oh, I need to get the party together or keep them together, mm-hmm. and then like, how do I do that versus like just letting them do what they want? How do you how do you do that while still staying within theme of the game? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It, Which, it, it can be a hard tightrope to walk. I've had to do recently with your character in the Dark Heresy game. Yeah. The, the standoff. The standoff thing yeah. that we did, yeah. But that was with him still uh, remaining in the theme of the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wes, you got any experience with the Railroad Gene? Oh, yeah. Um, it was... Is it me? It, no. <laughs> no. It's not. You guys are actually some of the best GMs I've ever had. The worst one... Well, I've had two bad ones in college. One was a railroader. He was bad. It was, I think it was the shortest time I've ever spent in a campaign. Uh, we were playing Pathfinder. And this guy had, he thought he was George R. R. Martin. This was like maybe my second month in college. And I was, trying, I was trying to find a fucking tabletop group to play mm-hmm. with. Yeah. And there was a group of people that were playing it. And this guy was... A neckbeard. Uh, Milady. Was it, did you say this oh. in college? Uh, yeah. I don't recommend college. any college gaming group no, ever in any no. college at all. Uh, and that's what I, I can say. I a college like, game group once. It was okay. Uh, do it with your... If you're in college and you're doing a game group, find a close friend <laughs> gaming group. Don't just do it with randos because it's, it's hard. It's tough. Especially yeah. when the guy, like... He walked around school with a top hat and a cane. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And this is the first time I ever met the guy, and so he wasn't wearing the top hat and cane. I saw it in the corner of the room, and so I was like, oh, that's a neat little decoration. And then oh, when yeah. he was done, he, like, he like put the top hat on, popped the cane up, and, like, I walked drenched. out. <laughs> and I am ready to that, Lesson number one, uh, how to identify a bad DM. If, they're, if they have a top hat and a cane, yeah. you know things are about to go real poorly. But this guy, like, he... 
he didn't let us do he didn't let us experience and 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 flesh out our characters mm-hmm. like he would ask us our characters backstories he and, didn't and let stuff. you immerse yourself he didn't let us immerse ourselves because like every time we would try to immerse ourselves and get into character and stuff he would be like uh 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 you can't do that because your party is actually thinking of doing something else because that's your goal. You're going against your goal and your your motivations and stuff. I felt like, because I was also taking theater classes at the time, I felt like I was being directed in a movie more so than yeah, playing a tabletop right. so game. He, he was taking away the agency of, like, you can't make a choice. A game gets boring as shit from not having uh, being able to make a choice. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Decision-making is the whole crooks of tabletop and so and like have it taken away I, I just felt like I was being led along right with, a, with like with like a, a rope with a bell to it like like a lamb yeah being like like a pet lamb and then it was like okay you stop here here's some gnolls or here's some kobolds roll some dice okay congratulations guys you killed them now go over here like it, there was no like letting us explore areas like we would get to a part where it's like you're in a cave this I only lasted three sessions and, yeah. I, and I, I stopped um but we got to a cave and there was a fort and so we went to one way and he's like it's blocked off I was like so why even give so us this so what was even the point like and there was nothing there it was like, like there was no treasure chest there was no enemy at the end of it like there was no experience it was just like oh it's blocked off it there's like, a blocked off empty fort yeah there's no enemies here yet cause you're not leveled enough yeah <laughs> it, it was terrible I recommend like if you guys do play in college find it's a close friend group like get with your friends and play don't don't, don't go to a room they start your own group don't yeah. go to the don't go to the top hat group. guy ignore the top yeah, hat the top guy. hat guy's at your college group he's waiting for you <laughs> and so don't go there just like, start your own don't go there yeah just start your own t- like team and it'll be cool that's what i did and now here i am you got one client rich and friends actually um because i've been so blessed i actually don't have a terrible railroad story, to be quite honest. Like the only I could bring up very minute, nitpickish like examples that like I've had in like almost any game. It's because everyone does it a little bit. Yeah. I've done it a little sure, bit. Yeah, it just happens. It's oh, hard yeah. to avoid entirely, and sometimes it can, it's like a really fine line of personalities. Like what one player will consider railroading versus what another player will consider railroading. Yeah, exactly. So I've never really had a bad example. So uh, I have the worst example. Like nice. Uh, I. I hated this game, and this person also made a death threat against me. But because of the way I quit that game, uh, but it was uh, Klein. You have run the best Star Wars game I've ever I've ever played, even though it was the shortest Star Wars game. Oh yeah, so we played like about three, three sessions. This was, <laughs> this was the worst Star Wars game I've ever played. It was uh, Senate Galactic Rebellion, uh, but uh, the GM was too way too controlling of how the players moved about. Uh, keeping everything time like to the eleven with how how difficult everything would be that he didn't want you to do. Uh, so he never he at no point told us outright, no, you can't do that, or no, this place is blocked off. It was more or less if your characters tried to go that way, they would die, and you'd have to write a new character. Wow, which was Whoa. really fucking childish. Wow. <laughs> Yes. Like, wouldn't even give you a, an opportunity yeah. to, like, do anything about it. It was just, like, no, auto-death. Auto auto-death. You got sniped by a fucking Imperial Scout or some shit. What is this? Like, fucking... Yeah. Like, a video game that if you go outside the map, then it's gonna give you, you a countdown? You got ten seconds. Yeah, you got ten back. seconds. Oh, 
God, that's awful. I'm sorry. Uh, that's, that's sorry. So the thing is, like, tabletop is one of those things that a lot of people figured out, oh, this is a way that I can use, like, a social contract to make people give me attention. Yeah, this is and how, this is how, how I catch friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, yeah, it's, Just rope them up! Pull them out! And you're like, ooh, come roll dice and make fantasy characters. It's gonna be just like Lord of the Rings. And like MySpace Com. Your snare. <laughs> to, to be fair, that is technically what I did to you, Wes, so I guess... That is exactly what you did to me, but... You, but, but you actually let me have the carrot at the end of the stick, yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> the, the quick solution to this is honestly, like, there's no easy way to get over it. Uh, the GM's kind of set in their ways they can sort of fix it for themselves. But uh, you can bring something into the story for your character or for the party that the GM can't directly control. Yeah. Uh, that may like annoy that. him or it may uh, force him, in most cases to work around it, uh, bringing more role-playing into the game and allowing the characters more agency. That's good. That's a good idea. I, I like that. I will say it's really hard to fix a problem DM as it is a problem player because the DM is essentially the heart of the game, and if they're going to be a bad apple, then it's just sort of a inevitably a bad game and not much you can do about it. So for most of these examples, these guys are going to tell you exactly what to do to fix that exact problem and I'm going to be back here and I'll be like you know what if that doesn't work then you all just walk out and you make your own D&D game yes. walk out I support a walk out come on I'm on that side of it yeah. if it sucks stop and do your own thing yeah well and that's that gets to where I what I want to say which is my advice is actually more for potential DMs in this situation yeah okay cool. Rail, railroading is going to be a very tempting thing because when you start your campaign, you obviously have an idea for the direction you intend for it to go, certain story beats that you think are going to be important. And so it's going to be tempting to try to force your players in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you if your story is really important to you, occasionally it's going to be a little bit necessary. But mm -hmm. for the most part you've really got to let the players decide what the yes. story is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're, this is their experience. You're trying to give them the best time they can get. And if you try to control every facet of that experience, they're not going to enjoy any of it. Then they might as well be at work or something. Yeah, right. It's yeah. homework then. Yeah. And I would say that the only thing you need to do to guide players is to get them together as a team. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is just have that shit written as part of the pitch of the game. Character creation. Pitch. Yeah. Do that session zero, man. Yeah, like if, 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 a, if you need to start, start the game with a quest to get everyone on the same page, same yeah. team then have that quest be the pitch that you give to the players yeah. before they even made the character. And the first the first few sessions of any game, I recommend should be about letting the players get to know each other as characters. Mm -hmm. Not try to introduce too many like super deep story elements to them just yet. Just try to get them on a journey together and start to understand yes. one another. That, and then that road time, that mm -hmm. road time when you're traveling between towns or whatever as like level one characters vital. is vital for character building and it's vital for building the party. Yes, and that's whenever every player learns their character for themselves as well. Agreed. Agreed. Well, moving on. Moving on. Uh, yeah, the next one I have on the list, uh, The Twiddler. Yeah, what, <laughs> what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? So they occupy the uh, the other end of that spectrum. Uh, they plop characters into setting without any conflict. 
They oh, leave them, they leave them to do whatever good. they want. Uh, you leave the players to do what they want. They don't realize that if uh, you wanted to come up with the story yourself, you'd probably just write your own book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You do need to have some setting. You do need to have some flavor that interests the players. It's, it's, it, that is a, a very interesting. I'm glad you put these back to back. Go back to our plot hooks episode. Listen to that. That's a good way to not be a twiddler. Is so you 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 have problems with it like uh, that, that it's trouble troublesome in that uh, the the standard prompts of you're in the tavern what do you do or uh, you see this thing happen what do you do are boring and kind of unimaginative there's there's not enough context there for the players to work with uh, it, it's lazy <laughs> I I've I have stopped entirely introducing characters in taverns because it's so yeah. fucking obvious right? yeah yeah it's uh it's something that I'm slowly getting away from it's. It's it's much more interesting to people nowadays. Instead of like you know in, in a tavern or whatever, it's 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 better to have them like do solo sessions mm-hmm. and have them meet at the culmination of the end of their solo session, being some kind of hook for all of them. Yeah, yeah. And like them meeting in like in the middle of some shit going yeah. down. Oh, for that's sure. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. But like, as it's not going to be interesting to a player if like you drop them in a city that you have spent time on where you have shops and you have like different guilds and different quest lines and you just ask them what do they want to do yeah you just wasted your, your your effort and your time building that city by just letting them dictate that you have to give them little bait with stuff like you have to get into your imagination and give that flavor and be like, you walk through the city gates and you see this and this and this yeah. and let them decide for themselves where to go, but give them options. Yeah, and also, if you're prop-minded uh, for, for that Star Wars city or for any city, make a map. Make a map. Oh, Show it to the yeah. player. Yeah, yeah here, Here's your options, bud. Does anyone have examples of, of countering oh, this? Of twiddling GMs? Twiddling GMs? Uh, I do. I do it from time to time. Myself. <laughs> I did it in um, Mr. Whitechapel. Mm. I uh it was I disagree. That must have been before I that you did that. But it was go on with what you it was like the third session. Oh it was it was Uh. when I gave you guys that list. Oh and I was like, so what do you guys want to do? Instead of kind of like navigating you guys to like one part of the list and then working your way through it, I just kind of like Hey, here's this list of uh, high-profile targets. What do you want to do? You basically gave them a, a Mega Man boss list. Yep. That is, I that would is say that's a, a pretty exact comparison. That is, that is an exact comparison. Yeah. Uh, it, I remember but, that elements of that were like still around when I played it. Yeah. But, like it didn't feel like that was like I didn't feel like yeah. you never ever gave us like nothing. I I will you know, I, much of a choice or anything. Just a. I, I will say I was not particularly offended by that. Yeah. I, I I do see what you mean, and I do remember being like, I don't know, we can pick. Pretty much any of these yep. at this point, but I but it did still tie in with the story, and I I like it still yep. worked because individual members had connections to individual yeah, and I would so I would say from that that's still not quite an example of what we're talking about because at least some characters had the motivation yeah. to want to do something True. in some of those some some, some were personal tied. I I think what what I'm going to realize a lot is that I'm guilty of a lot of these things on this yeah. list, but it's on a minor end yeah. where I'm not like a major like hone into that. It's something at times where I was just like, yeah, or as we get further down the line, if I was just had a bad day and I was feeling particularly dickish that night. So, I don't know. See, I would say your game is absolved from that sin anyway because yeah. the setting is so interesting. Like, the sure. setting itself was, was mm-hmm. a hook. You told me about that game before I even saw it, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to play that in that too. So, that, so, like, I wouldn't think that counts. Yeah. I think 
But this, you really have to have like the generic fantasy, nothing interesting, no tropes being inverted, just no all taste. everything at face value. It, it's it's a thing. very standard thing for new GMs. Yeah, uh, it, and it can either slow down a game a lot at the beginning. It's usually fixed just by uh, a few sessions of seasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the 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 quickest way to fix it if it's continuing is for your players to take the first step on that, like yeah. bring bring the yeah. role play into it. Uh, if, if your players have their own setup goal, like Velkis, uh, <laughs> uh, when I first started that D and D game, the first session was slow. Yeah, yeah, it took me a while to get back into it, but yeah. uh, you you saved it by, by uh, establishing your own. Like, we're gonna make a fucking bard troop. We're gonna tour this island with only three cities on it. Yeah, yeah. Belkis Jamborins traveling tambourines, yeah. explosive tambourines. Yeah. Running con- contrary to what I said previously, this is actually a problem that <clears throat> players could totally solve themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% solve. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a good enough players and have a good enough team, like the DM never needs to know that he fucked up by making a boring game. But like, yeah, and, and don't like and never shame the DM publicly with this example, like Twiddler. <laughs> like, don't be like, your game is boring. This is a piece of yeah, shit. That, that would, I'm about to make this interesting. Don't do that. That's how you break a heart. Just for yeah, sure. That's how you do break it. a heart. Just do it. Just do it. Like, like you as a player, you have the power to bring your imagination into something, and 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 enhance the experience. Yeah, you, for, you can like, like stir the DM's imagination. Yeah. get them like cooking. Stuff, so there's so. there's been times during sessions where I was just like, man, I'm just not feeling it, and then to see a player get into it and like mm-hmm. they're doing a voice and like you can see them like their whole mannerisms change they're in character they're engaged that immediately brought me back snap to it like i was just like yep i'm in it and yeah. let's let's do this thing like players have different kind of power but just as much power to change the game as a dm or gm that's a good one and once again i think my advice is going to be for dms on this one because so, <clears throat> much like railroading can be an easy thing to fall into, if you're trying to subvert that, it's very easy to accidentally become the twiddler in this situation because you because you're doing it with the intention of the players controlling the narrative, yeah. and therefore, like you know, like maybe you've dealt with a railroader before, and you're like, no, I want the players to have all the choice all the time, and you. Yes, sure, but you still gotta give them something to work with. Yeah, and there's still gotta be some prompt. Some uh, you have to give them environment and prompt to work with. It, yeah. it, you all meet in a tavern is not something you want to do. You you really need to give them some facet of the world for them to get connected to. Yeah, especially because you got four or five people who need to all come up with a plan together. It, right. It's just sometimes easier to have one person sort of be a guiding light. Right. And until that player, or whoever emerges, the DM definitely has That's to help facilitate. Matt Mercer hates that fucking tavern trope where you start a tavern. Like, he, like... Even though he used it in the new season of Critical Role. They were second level, though. So That's they were fair. already yeah. established. Yeah, so he just... He kind of used that as, like, a toss-out because... He's like, hey, I hate this. He, he talked about it on GM Tips. He's like, I hate it. But yeah. he like, threw it out. Like, I hate it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's boring. It just, just, yes, but it, it I, is I mean, it like, is. My, my favorite introduction trope is still meeting in battle. <laughs> meeting yeah. in no, battle. That's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's an awesome. That's, 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 that's way to create camaraderie between if, players. Every game should have the, the 
players plop down into a conflict at the same time, and yeah. they have to rely on each other, and then that's how they become friends. I wouldn't say that necessarily every game, but I think well, it's a yeah. really good idea. Well, like you could like you could extrapolate that to the setting. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in our in our horror game we played for Halloween. Yeah. We we were teenagers, so we couldn't be in a combat, but we were thrown into a social social situation. It's, it's so a beach it was party. like a combat. Yeah. yeah. And so I get I actually I, I I take back what I said. I suppose what I mean is. You should have your character in some scenarios. Have your characters meet and have an event happen. Yes. Yeah. And then like like have them like warm up for a minute, and then an event happens, yes. and they all have to throw for a loop. Have yeah. some action is what I mean yeah. to say. Like yeah. that they all like, have to be yeah com- camaraderie around. So I completely on, agree with that. Yeah. On that topic of action, this is something that I I keep catching myself on. This next one, uh, yeah. this is something I I think I balance pretty well with. Uh, Dark Heresy, but I keep having to catch myself in uh, the D&D game. The Grinder. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's an app that... Uh, yeah, uh, that I try to have sex with my players on. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, uh, Grinders provide plenty of, plenty of uh, battles for your, uh, for your players, but all those conflicts are simple hack and slash or dungeon oh. crawling. Ah, yeah. With only the barest GM. excuse of uh, from some terrorized village to go fight mm. monsters, or uh, uh, the local parish has a problem with lizardmen and hates them. Go kill them. Uh, what, whether they aren't uh, interested in telling stories or just uh, don't know how to make their stories compelling, the game mechanics are all that the players are left with. Or they're just board game fanatics who are now having to deal with tabletop. Yeah. So like, I guess tabletop's so, more popular yeah. than board games. Yeah, it's... That's a, that's a tricky one. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'll Daddy, go, I'll go like, build my own class. Well, the thing is, like, you're, you're, you're pointing at yourself and stuff like that, but I've... Yeah, you, you love mechanics... And, and and that's awesome. I try to work them into role playing as much as possible. Because I don't take mechanics in as much as as I should. The other night we had a discussion about rules that I was confused on because I don't take the rules into account as much more. There's certain things that I should, but there's some mm-hmm. things that I, I give a little leeway with just because I think it's much more dramatic and fun to have like take the rules and kind of bend them so they fit the narrative. Yeah. But like your games are never boring narrative wise yeah they're interesting like like I I keep myself coming back to that's why I continue playing if I was bored I wouldn't play them because I'm, I'm your friend enough I would tell you that but like if I, we're, we're your friends enough we would tell you that your game is trash yeah, yeah. So exactly Shelby hates me yeah Shelby can't stand <laughs> oh yeah she hates me <laughs> I, I think I think you are a crunchier DM than the, the rest of us but like so I don't think you're like the crunchiest you're, you're as like as grindy as, as, as that. Like, I don't think you, you made the answer quite Yeah, like so, I okay, I, I want to talk about this, actually, because I, I feel like this is actually way more common with your average DM than than maybe any of the rest of yeah. these. Because yeah. I feel like there are there's a, there is a subsection of specifically Dungeons & Dragons yeah. players that are pretty much solely doing playing the game for at a mathematic level for yeah for fights and experience. And some people like that. So I don't. Like some people, game. yeah, exactly. I don't want to call them out, but the Adventurers League, yeah, D and D Adventurers League, yeah, uh, it, the Pathfinder Society, Pathfinder Society. Pathfinder yeah, Society. Sure. Yeah. It's a collective of one shots, and what they do, they go and they meet up every time they they roll characters and they like, hey, what level are we starting at? They, and they just throw them into a dungeon and just do stuff. They're doing it just so they can play the game, and it's almost in board game format. I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm it's not gonna not, knock on it. It's for not that, a bad but. thing, uh, but there's there's a noticeable lack of role playing in it. Yeah, right. And I love role playing. Which love like my solution game. to this problem is 
having the players like it, this is one of those ones where the players can solve it better than the GM can. Yeah, which is again. the players uh, like either one of them takes the first step in that, or they try to get the rest of the party into yeah. it. And you're role playing the combat with them. You're role playing the inter- intermediate between the combats yeah. with them. Yeah, and as long as the DM isn't saying stop talking in between like slashing yeah. the goblins, it's fine. Yeah. Stop! Stop trying to be a character and 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 fight more kobolds. But, but, but what's great is uh, you can give them fluff, give them flavor. Let them describe their actions, what they're doing. Not too much where they're just like, I'm, I'm going to do this and this. Like, yeah. Let them be like, okay, roll to attack. You hit them. And it's like, oh, I'm going to try to like get around them, faint, and then stab them. And then like, get, be engaged. Be, use that flavor. Like, it's, use your imagination. And that, that kind of builds on what, what makes it more role-playing. See, I actually don't think this is a bad... I think this is just a style of, of DMing. It is. I don't think it's too terribly bad, because, like, tabletop, especially the, the crunchier games like mm-hmm. D&D, mm-hmm. they really let a diverse player base enjoy their yeah. games. Like, like we, we're very the, the theater club about our shit, but, like... Because we were all in theater. Yeah. Something like a nature, yeah, you know, yeah. thing. Like, I, I'm a storyteller, and you guys are actors and storytellers yeah. and stuff, and so, like... But, like, you know, some people just enjoy the mechanics, and I thoroughly enjoy mechanics. I'm quite nerdy about, like, numbers and probability. Like, that's what, what do you makes think my I... brain feel good. And I, so I get it if someone just wants to... It's, you know, I think they call this kick-in-the-door roleplay, where mm. you're just, like, you're just raiding dungeons, there's nothing interesting in between. But, I mean, some people just enjoy that, and that's fine. I don't think this is a problem style. You just need to make it clear that this is the kind of DM you are before, like, you, the game starts. Uh, another, another thing that could help... Uh, just kind of rectify that. Uh, having an RP chat, a mm. group role playing chat. Uh, just so even if you're out of game, allowing your characters to talk in character. Now you specify that it, everything that happens is in character, and you need to be there to overlook what happens so it doesn't get carried away. But that really builds role play as as as, as much as me because I know Dark Heresy. We don't play a lot, but we have that RP chat. Yeah, to do things and to, to to discuss our plans, to and discuss things. our plans and like be in character and kind of flesh out who we are as characters, uh, more so than you we guys could have an RP session. chat. Yeah, yeah. God, it's so nerdy. I love. Oh, it's awesome. Oh no, it's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've fleshed out my character a shit ton of oh, that. Oh yeah, I'll do that with Black Unicorn. Uh, so. Uh, I was nodding along a lot with what you were saying on this, Klein, and again, I think this is going to pretty much be the trend for me in this in this entire episode, which is me just giving advice to DMs. This style, actually, I don't think is a problem. I think, though, you need to make sure your players know that this is the style you're going for mm-hmm. when you get into it, because different role players play for different reasons. Yeah. And if you've got you know, half your party wants to be engaged in a story and half of them just want to fight shit for fun, that can be a disconnect and can be very difficult to deal with. And so you just need to make sure your players know. And I think this is true for story-based games as well, is let your players know it's like, hey, this is more heavily narrative Mm -hmm. than it is combat-focused, or vice versa, this is more combat-focused than it is narrative. And, yeah. and if you are the type of DM who prefers this style, just like acknowledge that you have players who want to role play more, and then just sort of let them do it. I yeah. guess is the best thing to do. If you're the DM who who you're this type of DM, just like let them go about their day and don't you know stifle them, but keep the game moving. I guess. Well, honestly, and if if you're doing this, if, if you're doing it in that style, 
and you don't really have an overarching story in mind, let those players dictate yeah. it, I yeah, guess. It really, yeah, let them make the game for you. Because it's like, oh, well, okay, you've got some sort of narrative thing you're trying to go for, and I didn't really have a plan here, so yeah, we'll just go with what you're doing. Yeah, let, let you be let mechanics master. Write the game, and then you just have the battles in between. That's actually a pretty That's an interesting good compromise. Concept, yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't have to fucking do anything, but make sure the challenge levels are good, and that they're leveling up, and then let the players... Just yeah. write it for you. <laughs> yep. We're like figuring things out as we do this. Show. Yeah, this is that okay. good. <laughs> All right, now on a desk. How to write my games from now on. <laughs> the one we're moving on to next, we're all guilty of. No, no, I'm not guilty. No. I'm a perfect saint when it comes no, to that. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> fuck you. We're all enablers. Uh, <laughs> to an extent. Uh, yeah. To an extent. Yeah, yeah. You can do it in a friendly extent. The enabler forgets they are the GM during the character creation stage of the game uh, of game preparation. They also forget how to do it in the campaign. Uh, instead of encouraging players to make interesting and balanced characters, they coach them on creating broken ones. Uh, after taking a few pointers from an from an enabler, you'll end up with a character that can defeat most uh, most enemies in the game. Also, it happens in the campaign of allowing players to get away with too much that it kind of messes with your story. Interesting. Can I can I can I add on to that? Like allowing them to make broken characters. Yeah. Not maybe not only broken characters, but making them characters that don't fit within the narrative. Gimmicked. Or. Yeah. Or it's like what, what was the was it called the where it's like I want to be a cowboy with twin katanas and my it's the Munchkin the Munchkin yeah, yeah. yeah. allowing a Munchkin player yeah. um, to cowboy with twin katanas sounds awesome though oh, yeah, that, I'm not gonna that, lie that, that can work, but it's like you're also a Velociraptor <laughs> that's, that's a little bit of a problem yeah that's that's an issue um, but yeah uh, enabled I I I have enabled. So basically, it's a DM who's too soft on the players, and they're just like there is no game because of this. Soft as baby shit. There's there's no there's no um, tension. There's no yeah. challenge. It's just like you're letting the players do what they want to do, and this that can be okay. And I think this a little bit. That's what we're trying to do with any DM. But true. Like, but for this, we are talking about the harshest examples of this. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm saying like yes, this might be a, a GM that does this for an entire party, in which case, just up the difficulty level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, if, if you are favoring one person... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really bad. That's really like, bad. To fix this, you can do it by giving them less screen time and fo yeah. focusing on your other players a lot. Uh, but it's still going to come off real bad. <laughs> um, the other college group, Probably. Dungeon Master, I had was an enabler. Um, he didn't do... Because I just came up with, like, a basic... Uh, I played a rogue. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to play a halfling rogue because it made sense. Um, and this guy had one person... I can't remember... I, they they were close friends or whatever, but he was like... He came up with this wicked backstory and pretty much the whole arc had to do with that character's backstory. Mm. And so it was like he like he if he wasn't enabling the party he was enabling that one player. Yeah, it, come on, other players, help me help me give this one player a hand job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Ew, that's no, that's, that's you a, grab the lube and you take the balls. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a gross example. You that's, over there, <laughs> tickle that tank. That's a pretty gross example. <laughs> that, that, that is. <laughs> that I mean, is, but but that, that's how I felt. I felt gross. We're all used. guilty of this. 
I guess to some degree. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. I'd be fine with round tabling, like our, our, our problems with it. Uh, Definitely. For, for D&D, uh, I love magic items, and I've, mm-hmm. I've come to enjoy making mm-hmm. not really great ones, but they're fantastic for narrative effect, and they're fantastic for role-playing effect. That's the way I fixed my problem with it. Uh, the dude. first D&D game I ran, I, I gave out pretty good uh, like level three magic items to level one players uh, on a regular basis. I don't do that as much anymore. Uh, my Sunday night party, the work party, I gave them a bag of holding because they were complaining about not having magic items. So I was like, fuck you, take a bag of holding. Yeah, do and they don't item. even use it. Yeah. They Because ha- they haven't got to that point where they have to. Like I'm taking like weight checks and weight limits and stuff mm. because I have... Um, D and D Beyond, and like you can mm, play campaign stuff, and you can have them oh. give their account and uh, yeah, put their characters about in. If I could have it automatically logged for me, it, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, I have to think so, about so it. So you can look at the, while they have their character sheets, you can look at their character sheets too, so you can keep things in check, and like you can give them items and equipment. So it's like, okay, yeah, you pick up this, and there you go. There's your gold. You can just give it to them. Um, but like. I'm just, like, taking note of, like, their weight limits and stuff. I'm like, you guys aren't even using this bag of holding. You complain about not having magic items. Uh, but I got off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you can also, I mean, like, my personal example of it, like, I've also fixed it with creating interesting mundane items uh, that apparently exist in other other uh, books. Uh, thank you, Watsi, for taking my ideas. <laughs> that was Anathars. Okay. Yeah, Anathars. <laughs> Uh, dude, that rapier of flowers is awesome. Yeah, rapier of flowers, indestructible weapon, uh, uh, bandoliers to hold potions, uh, yeah. so that you don't have to take a full or a full or half action to draw things. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, that still give the players something to work with in a combat or in a narrative scenario, uh, but aren't wholly broken uh, to the players themselves. Uh, Dash, do you have an example? Um, is this like us ourselves examples? Yeah, this, this Ooh, examples. Okay. Of, Times where we've enabled. Call uh, us out on our shit. Well, I am. I'm. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm the worst most for of, this. Most of the second half of our season one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Um, okay, so here's the thing: if a player introduces a really cool idea to me, I want to. I want to run with it. Uh, I. Um, I have a bad habit of any cool idea presented to me. I'm like. Fuck yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, Klein, the party you were in, uh, the the airship that was given to you, yeah, uh, was definitely a strong example of that. Yeah, also, that's probably, that was a, that's a really that's good example. Prime example of a name. That was that. That was the. Um, <laughs> You have to understand. I'm always thinking about I Final Fantasy. About that as we're when we were playing that, I was like, "Wow, we really got an airship this soon." I walked by your room earlier today, and I think you were asleep before I went to work. And I'm pretty sure I heard you say, "Oh, what was it? it was something Final Fantasy in your sleep?" I don't know. There was like snoring. <laughs> oh yeah, I did have a Final Fantasy dream last night. Yep. As mo- as I do most nights. That's not the point. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not surprised. This does not surprise me. It's not it's not every day, day somebody dreams about Vincent. No, it was... Uh, oh. It isn't every day? <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Uh, See, I dream about Zach. Oh, so. Lucretia. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was actually Keith who... Um, tried to convince a, a magical entity to give you guys an airship, which I had already wanted to be involved in the game and I when he introduced that idea I was like 
They're absolutely getting an airship. They yeah. get it. They get. They 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 will get an airship right now. And then later, uh, same party uh, introduced the idea of a floating island. Yes. Which they also got. Yes. And has been fairly key to the story ever since. But uh, nonetheless, we killed that airship the other day. Yeah, the airship's finally. dead. The, the, the airship is finally gone. Airships don't last. You're long. welcome. But uh, yeah, that was all Wes's fault. But uh, but the the floating <laughs> island. Yeah, um, I made that key to the story, but but uh, yeah, I pretty much just let you guys have. Yeah, we put, a, we put a water park on that island. So. Well, that was that was. That's that was still enabling, so never yeah. mind. Yeah, no, that was... like, that's, that's that's still my fault. <laughs> but I think you did a good job there because that's not a pro- like enabling is not a problem. You made us all had have fun. It's a problem when like players are getting left out or like you're sabotaging the majority of the players' time. Just right. To, like focus on one player. I think again, I hate to say it, but I feel like in, in its extreme forms, this certainly can be a problem. Yeah. I've never encountered this in a too extreme form that I just couldn't handle. And I, I feel like this, 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 this is a generally the good spectrum of this is where you want to be as a DM. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the the example that Wes described is probably the far bad end of this kind of yeah concept. But yeah, I would say that enabling is sort of key to the enjoyment of the game in some yes. ways. Uh, it can definitely go too far, but. At some point, you're not playing a game anymore. You're just like, just saying things that would be cool back and forth. It, and right? it's yeah. just weird. It, it's, it's a, it's, it's a po- It's, it's giving a dog a treat as opposed to giving a dog a full bowl, bowl of food every time. Like they, you make them do a trick. Mm. So it's like they're asking for something. You're like, yeah, here, yeah, here, here, here's a little something for you. Right. And instead, you're just like, here's the whole hog, baby. Just go hog wild with it. Like it, the, the, the the tension, the challenge, and having the time of like. The, the less interesting stuff in between, you know, the, the gameplay stuff, that is what makes the cool moments, the payoff moments, mm-hmm. really special and valuable. And if you're just giving payoff moments every five minutes, then it's just like, you know, you just, like your brain's too many dopamine, like, you know, things. It's just like you're not having fun. It's doing cocaine too. It's much. just like you're, you're forgetting <laughs> that you're, you're forgetting the rush. Yeah. It's, not, without, it's not anything anymore. Without any on. stress, there's no payoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if no. you're just getting exactly, exactly what you want, fans. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're just getting everything you want, every every scenario you're thrown into, you're getting nothing really. Yeah. So my enabling that I did is I've been holding this in my back pocket until this episode. Shino Tereda. Yep. The game that was taken out back behind the shed and shot with a shotgun. The shot in the shot, shot with a shotgun, but missed, and then had to be reloaded while, <laughs> while, while the dog is just yeah. like crawling away. You, you um, hit the leg. You hit the, hit leg, the leg. But you... and, um, so I did the worst enabling ever during character creation, mm. where and it's not your character, Dottie. I know you're God. thinking it was your character. Your character was built fine. Your character was great. It was Tane. Over here. Fucking tame Fucking again. Asshole. So, so oh. the audience, I, I was editing the previous episode today, and so the audience knows very well about Tane, so. Uh, so Tane came to me and said. Tane's a real person. That they, yeah, Tane is a real person, uh, but I'm not going to name names because Back I'm responsible. This, this is the same Tane. 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 Yeah, well, he come into this house. Just throw <laughs> sand into it. No one fights you in here. Throw pocket <laughs> sand. <laughs> yeah, pocket sand. Um, 
Tane wanted to build a demon character yeah, in, sure did. in my samurai fantasy game. they always do. Uh, but, and the Savage Worlds do. has a build for that in the Horror Companion as making a character, a PC, a demon. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the only way the demon can die is if they get purified. Like, pretty much exercised. Yeah. Um, or else they just switch back to some other thing to possess. Tane got that in their mind that they were invincible. Of course. Of course um, Tane did. And, 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 and as I was sitting down with character creating with Tane, I was like, hey, okay, yeah, we can do this. And he was like, I want to inhabit a suit of armor, and I want to be so badass and have, like, bull horns on it, and I want to have, like, not just a great sword, but, like, a fucking iron pipe and stuff like that, like, like a sword, but it's just, like, lead and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, dude, go for it. Go for it. Like, I'm letting everybody, like, and I can make it fit somehow. And I let him know, hey, there's going to be some negative outcomes if you're, if you die. Like, if you die in the game. He was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm going to tank. Didn't build the character for that. <laughs> made some poor decisions as we... Extremely poor decisions. As we, we, previously, outlined. As we previously outlined. And was one of the main outliers for why that game died. Um, just because it was a constant thing. Um, I it enabled... was a problem to have not only that scenario ruined for all the players involved, all seven of us? Yeah. yeah. Seven and, of and, then, and then to walk back into town and be like, oh, here, here's Tane again. He has mm-hmm. a new body. And He's like, got a new body. I was like... <sighs> yeah. I was like, you just brought him back! Yeah. He's here again! Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that was something that I could have taken care of in character creation. I could have said no. And that was me not saying no. That was me saying yes to everything. I've I was always been Jim Carrey and Yes Man. What what pro what did he take any negatives when he came back? He did. He did. Um he was every time he tried to do something that was against a certain NPC's will, he had to make a it's not wisdom, but it's spirit. a spirit he had to make a spirit check. Uh, and if he uh, and it was a very challenging spirit chase. So, so you fixed your enabling with a, a form of railroading. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I railroaded that boy. I had to. I had to. Tane, you're just a, a wild dog See, loose in a neighborhood. If I don't, I had the leash. I had the same Tane. So I yeah. Uh, at their extreme, these are all problems. But at their at their uh, minimal, they're tools. <laughs> I had to split you guys up too, and then we went through the cube situation. Oh, the cube. The cube. Cube 2 hypercube? Yep. <laughs> All right. It's Japanese hypercube, <laughs> influx, ultimate, Speak, ultra. Speaking <laughs> of the cube, uh, the last one on our list, the yeah. executioner. The executioner is a power player who mm. thinks you and the, oppo- the other players are their opponent. Yep. They look for opportunities to kill off characters often in a pointless manner. Yep. At least I try to keep it somewhat with a narrative with our heresy, but it's gonna happen because the system Everybody is can very die. lethal. Yeah. Yep. Why they are troublesome though is the first several times the GM kills you or takes away your character it starts to irk. It starts to get onto the player's uh, bad side and eventually the game is boring. Why do you it's, keep coming it's back? It's like sadistic at that point. It's sadistic yeah. at yeah. one point. You're helping the GM get off. <laughs> yeah. Which is what all of these. Yeah, this is what this DMing is. This is the point. You know, you want to have stroking your ego. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just whoa, 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 wait! I've been stroking my ego this whole time. Shit! A good GM wants foreplay. This is the kind of GM that wants instant gratification. <laughs> Oof. 
Nope. Don't don't take that. GM they're they're players. they're a one and done GM. God, this is just a sexual podcast again. Oh, Leave him by himself at the bar. This. Have do you guys have you guys had this like a DM who just kills us? Yeah, that Star Wars thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah that that was an obvious example there. Yeah. Um, I've never gotten close to that because we've always called somebody out for that before it became a problem. Uh, in high school and uh, college, that uh, the enabler one. He was like he was really willing to kill off all our players, like having like oh pitfall, make a dexterity saving throw. Oh man, you failed. Yeah, you fall into lava, and it's like, yeah, you, Even if you're you doing this like three times like, a session, a dude. Out. Yeah. yeah, like don't. <sighs> yeah, I understand like it being like the end of the dungeon and having an extremely deadly trap. Yeah, but if we just walked into the motherfucker, if, if I bring <laughs> if I bring some level tens into a dungeon and it's near the end of the end of the fucking run gonna i'm be. gonna have one instant de- insta kill yeah trap in there that might go off that makes sense <laughs> that makes sense uh but you know this person was like really willing to just kill everybody except for that one player who the main yeah. narrative was around their character so into that one That's... fucking it's a jrpg <laughs> my, my first yeah. my first dm was a little guilty of that he um I think what it was more than anything is that, you know, half of them were, half of that, that party I was in was, like, guys that were in their early 20s, and half of it was me and my friends who were, like, 14 at the time. Yeah. And I think for a good portion of that session, he was kind of trying, of that of that game, he was trying to make an example out of us. Yeah. Like, basically, <laughs> to, like, like, be like... You kids don't understand how hard this game can be, so I'm gonna murder the characters you make. Um, and yeah, he did. Dramatic. He did a he did a good bit of that. He killed. Even in death, you shall serve. He he killed he killed one of mine off screen, and he killed uh, he killed actually one of Andy's who I've mentioned before on the podcast. He he killed his ogre. Okay, let me explain this exact scenario because Andy and I have talked about this scenario over and over again over the years. Uh, there was a part where we were in a cave and there was what appeared to be and was directly described as a log in the middle of this sort of, uh, this, this, this pool lake underground. Um, so our ranger ranges, he jumped onto the log and then jumped onto the other side and continued through the cave. Nothing happened. So Andy, who was playing a larger character, he was playing an ogre. Uh, was even before Bolos came out. Yeah. Jumps onto the log afterwards, and it turns out the log is a crocodile, and it reached up and bit him and dragged him under the water, and then he got eaten and drowned. In opposite order, uh, <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, like, it was a scenario where it was like. There should have been some sort of reaction from the log, quote unquote, beforehand. Yeah. Or it should have like changed in some way after the ranger jumped over. But no, yeah. was, everything was fine. And then he jumped around. And suddenly, it's a crocodile. At least have the player afterwards make a perception check before they jump on the log to right. be like, "Hey, it, like, just give them a chance. Make it a DC ten, see what happens." It, and just or use that passive perception. It was just yeah. This sort use of, that passive perception. Don't forget about passive perception. It was just this sudden, unnecessary, unwarranted kill that 
didn't make any sense. There was no build up to it whatsoever. It was just a really frustrating example of just like I wanted to kill your character. It's arbitrary. So. It's arbitrary bullshit. Right. That yeah. sucks. See, I like a good meat grinder. Like I like a challenge. I like when players or like when characters die and it's sort of like part of the gimmick. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I kind of wish I had more games where like, de facto, I was probably gonna roll two or three characters. But I, I've not been lucky enough to get be in a lot of games like this. So this this is kind of a problem I wish I could explore more because I'm actually interested in like. Dark I've, I've never been killed off for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's Clyde, hard we, need to, we need to make a Dark Souls game. And, uh, <laughs> make a Dark Souls tabletop. Dark Heresy. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure I'd get my ass. Although you've still been pretty kind to us so far. I've been relatively kind. Two of you guys are getting um, uh, uh, bionic enhancements now because uh, one of you is getting a facelift and the other one has lost a leg. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Any advice for this? Uh, for this one, this for, is for I, I agree with Wes on this one. Call him out on it. Early. Call him out. Yeah. Early. Quit playing. It's call them out, like, pu- like with executioners, like, publicly shame them, like, in front of the party. <laughs> not, not, no, don't drag them and tar and feather <laughs> yeah, them yeah, in the yeah. fucking town square, even though, like, hey, but bring it's it fun. Up. Yeah. But, like, like you're wish. at the table, and if it's a problem, fucking stand up, or don't even stand up, just sit back and be like, hey, you're being a dick. You're 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 being a legit dick. You can be like, I wish I, my characters would live more than five minutes. That might make the game fun. And that I think that. Oh that god, that's so passive aggressive and wonderful. Oh god. <laughs> well, I like love you it. find a, a mature way to say that, but like that idea. No, that's yeah. perfect. It's say exactly well, that from me. That that's just yeah. Once again, advice to DMs: uh, if you're wanting to play a game where you're just trying to murder your players, I guess at least let them know. Uh, I'm trying to murder you. I'm trying to to kill you. They're probably not going to be into it uh, for very long, but you know. Alma Grove, come on. I killed. You you, you pitched Alma Grove the same way I pitched Slaughter High as like a game where we're going to kill everybody. Yeah. And none of the rest did it, actually. I killed a few people. Mostly Amy. Well, yeah, Amy died a lot. Phil died. Phil died? Yeah. Phil Um, died? Nobody cared. Is there is is just real quick, just so we keep it. Is there any ex- examples where you guys have been like accused of this? Like you're not accused, but like you're guilty no. of this. No, I'm, I'm too much of an enabler. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never enabler. been accused of that. <laughs> I've never been accused of being an executioner. I enjoy a lot when when players do that to each other, though. Yeah, like yeah. in the first season of Dark Heresy, when you killed Matt's character. That was a necessary death. That was a necessary death. 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 But that was execution. That that was a character choice. That was not me as a player. I was annoyed as a player, but I made a character choice because that is exactly what my character would do and I'll stand by that and I will testify on the Imperial Guard's handbook. (laughs) I will do that. I wasn't even in that session, but I witnessed it and it was beautiful. Uh, uh, That was... Oh, one of my glorious achievements in that season. <laughs> um, that and the glassing of a planet, but <laughs> of a portion of a planet. Um, I don't know. I That night that I came in from work and I was like, I'm going to fucking kill them all. You remember that Sunday night? It was going into the chess work. I was like, I'm going to kill them all. The, the book called for just one wraith for them to fight. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do two wraiths. And it was like a Quasimodo thing. You know what? 
five rings. <laughs> I, I opened up like they, I was like, open up the tomb, open up the sarcophagus, you little bitches. And they did, and it was like, oh, you see this one like woman, like feminine elf skeleton holding a dwarf skeleton. It was like a Quasimodo Esmeralda thing, and I did it all uh, juicy. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, and then two rings pop out of a roll initiative, bitches. You're all gonna die. <laughs> And only their NPC died. That was their healer. But still. <laughs> I, there's yeah. moments like that. If you have moments where you just have a bad day at work, try to refrain from it. But Any last advice, guys? For the executioner or just for any of them? I, any of them. I any mean, of like, them. I've, I've got one off the bat that I, that I sort of rolled into another one, but uh, I, I call them unprepared. The, the GMs that show up with... Nothing ready to go. They know the system just fine, but they don't have a story really in their head. Sounds like Twiddler. It's it, that's yeah. I rolled it into Twiddler. Twiddler. But it's the person that's not really uh, they they're not really prepared to uh, run the game in any uh, entertaining. Okay, I see what you're saying. Any yeah. entertaining uh, format. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess as far as advice goes, the for me like for players communication is always good. Just talking to to your DM like. A person is always a good step. Bring if you're a DM, rooms. just listen to if you're pl- listen to your players if they're bringing up critiques. Um, find a middle ground, uh, compromise. Uh, it's a game, and you're playing it with people for a reason. There are plenty of other things. There's, you can play a video game. You can write a book. There's plenty of other things you can do instead of this. This 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 hobby this medium is made for collaboration. So you got to be ready to do that. You got to be trying to do that at all times. Regardless of your rule system, whether you're playing Fate or D&D, or something more crunchy or less country, whatever. Uh, agreed. It's cooperative. It's collaborative. Uh, you work together. That's how everybody has fun. And just remember, at the end of the day, it is a game. It's, um, I mean, it's cool to be professional, like a lot of these podcasts and actual play, like, live streams that you see. But at the end of the day, it's you and your friends. And remember, you are friends. Um, for the most part, uh, unless you're like doing this, is you're one of the people that get paid to DM, uh, which I know that was a thing. That was something that I, that I followed on. In which case, call us. We all want. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a thing. I was following a thread on Twitter. That's like paid for. Like DMs will like sell themselves out for people to be their DM. No, oh uh, but. I mean, I'll, honestly, I'll put, I'll put my red light on. At that. the end of the day, you are friends. Remember, it's a game. Be friendly, but also remember, you are friends. You can call each other out for bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and if yeah. not, then you shouldn't be friends with those people. Exactly. Yeah. It, like I think this medium, like it, it taught it taught me a little bit about like you know social interactions, a little bit about storytelling, mm-hmm. a little bit of hard work. It can also teach you about how to communicate with people that you're in, in a, a sort of agreement the medium, with. The medium itself, itself is built on mediation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's built on bringing people closer together. Yeah, agreed. If you can run a D&D game, you can run a Fortune 500, whatever. No, you can't. No. You really can't. <laughs> no, you need... There's a lot more soul, there's a lot more soul selling. There's don't give up. <laughs> there's some more requirements. <laughs> if you can run a cult, you can run a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> oh, dude, if you can run a cult, you can run a cult. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Or so, uh, for DMs, once again, um, you're all going to fall into some of these trappings so at some point. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and throw your game out because you're trash. No, uh, practice no, makes perfect. No, you're you're, you're you're always you're all going to fall into these trappings occasionally, and you're all and even with more experience, you will still occasionally slip into some of these things. 
Just make sure you know what you're doing and know why you're doing it. And it's more than anything, you want to create a great experience for your players. I think one of the darkest moments I've ever had in playing a game uh, where I wasn't the GM, I was in the game. Uh, my friend, a dear friend of mine, Gary, uh, was being harassed by our DM. Uh, and he said the most important thing I think I've ever heard during a game, which was, this is supposed to be fun, right? And that's precisely what it is. No matter what you want, no matter what idea you're trying to create, whatever story you're trying to tell, the most important thing is that the players are having fun and not feeling like they're being treated as anything else, as, as, as the, like, servants in your story yeah, in any the, way. The objective of role-playing is to have fun. The, 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 the goal of the entire game is to win, but the objective is still you want your players to have fun. Everyone yeah, at the table precisely. should yeah, yeah, I think the objective of this medium in particular is to walk away with everyone having stories to tell. Right. Like, like everyone has like, oh, remember that time I did that, or you know, that character did that, or she did, she killed that guy. It was so fucking cool. That, that right. That time in, I in character ripped a werewolf in half, and Klein out of character was a little horrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, if if you're a fucking DM that harasses your place at the table, go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's All not right. Cool. I can get on board with that. Yeah. That's not. That's yourself. not cool. Go fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah, we didn't get into that, but uh, I have experienced that, and uh, yeah, go fuck yourself. That's pretty yeah, much. I mean, that's all we have to say about that. If you harass your players, then go fuck yourself. Yeah. If, if you're the if you're the person who you know messes with your players psychologically or like harms them or whatever, like looking just if, if you're just a toxic person, nothing we say is going to change that. So fuck you. Like stop playing. S- specifically, <laughs> s- specifically in the scenario described before, this DM. Um, Basically implied that uh, my friend was a bad person for not understanding the mechanics. Uh, so yeah, w- who is one of the nicest people I in the entire Gary world? I met Gary one time and I fell in love with that. Gary's that, one that of the nicest people ever. Uh, uh, so um, yeah, if you're a DM like that, you're just a bad person, and there's not yeah, really um, much that can be done about yeah. it. Um, before we leave, uh, we've got a couple of listener questions. Oh, awesome. uh, If we want nice. to dive into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Specifically three. Uh, two of them are from people from my Twitch stream, so that's Ooh, exciting. Woo. Uh, so we have listeners. Thank you, guys. I um, like you did a yeah, motion, like, coins. I did a little coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, either the uh, scratch together, yeah. or you're looking for um, But yeah. Uh, He's looking for bits. <laughs> so uh, we're going to get into it uh, real quick. First, uh, it's from... Uh, Granola Ninja. I just know them by their Twitch names. Hi, uh, Granola Ninja. Hi, Granola Ninja. Um, so he wanted to know uh, what was the time where, like, what party did you have as a player or a DM that had the most synergy that was like worked well together and that was like almost Ooh, overpowered just because you guys were so uh, good together. Great question. The, the first uh, real role playing outside of a D&D game that I ever, or outside of a uh, White Wolf or D&D game that I ever did was a Death Watch game which was still Warhammer shit. Yeah. But uh, playing Space Marines and stuff. Uh, playing with like my local game uh, like uh, tabletop gamers man we were cohesive as fuck. We, 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 we stuck to strategy close but that was a fun fucking game. We were efficient that that was one of the more entertaining times I've played. I've played a tabletop, uh, not as not as good as Artist One, but uh, pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah. Klein. Um, most synergy. This is really tough. Um. Oh man, this is a way tough one. Can we come back to me? Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
myself probably the most synergy that we ever had. It was a specific moment, but it was uh, Artist Season 2 mm-hmm. in Uto. When, yeah. When uh, Gardenia, Grace's aunt, had like all the fucking messengers there. Okay. And we were fighting, and as everybody was okay. filling their fucking role. They, were, they, yeah. had, they had like... You had Grace over there sniping. You had Arena doing sword play with the hyena sword. I was tanking. Uh, Nyx was doing magic. You had just everybody. And that was the first session where we had Nyx, too. Yep, that was yeah, that was But first everybody session. was filling their role, and we had a game plan. And yeah. we had this drunken mm-hmm. pilot named Tom, which became a motherfucker later. Well, he was the main villain. Yeah, but... He's become the overarching trope for our game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but everybody was just popping off, and we all rolled really well, even though we were getting... We had the shit into the stick. We were getting fucked. We were overrun and outnumbered. Yep. We were just, it was just survive, and we fucking did it. And it was perfect. Uh, uh, beautiful. Um, but yeah, I think that was that was mine. Da- da- Dasha. Dasha. Yeah, I would say with that, um, you know, as far as players, um, I would say there were moments of season two of ours that had some really perfect synergy, yeah. like what you just just described. Uh, team one and team two of the first season of ours also mostly, mostly moments, but they were perfect when they did work. Yeah, I was going to say, Klein, you can't bring up team, you can't bring up artist one. No, I, I know, I know Eddie was, yeah, I know, yeah, I know yeah, what I'm yeah, with that. Yeah, well, yeah, the, 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 the intro, the beginning of artist one, definitely the, once, uh, once 80 was killed off, I think. After, po- yeah. po- post 80, the, post the Klein's original Warforged character, uh, was a motherfucker. Th- I heard. Things, uh, things started to work a little better between the, Team dynamic. Mm-hmm. I would also, I'll also credit um, the 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 uh, A team of artists. I guess the the, the first team. Yeah. Basically, they were pretty consistently. Um, they worked well with each other in combat, uh, mostly throughout that game. As far as as a player, um, while I have talked a lot of shit about uh, the DM that shall not be named. Uh, me and another player, my friend Shane, uh, specifically, we we went off of each other extremely well, and uh, and Sue was in that game as well, as well as our friend TJ, who may or may not be listening, um, and they were both excellent players as well, and and did a great job in many situations we were in. So that I would say was probably the best synergy I had, especially after we had all decided we hated the DM. Um, Dude, nothing brings you together as a party. Like right? Fucking, yeah. Uh, um. So, so mine. I, I thought of it. I actually have a lot of ones I had to pick fr- through, but I think the one that sticks, sticks out the most was a um, a World of Darkness game I played a while ago, and there was just one other player at the time. And the reason I bring that one up as the one I think that was the most synergistic is because uh, there was another person who was like observing. Who was like, wow, you guys just sort of like took off with like the role play, like 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 snapped into like character and like, and indeed that story I've like felt some crazy things in that story just because like the like NPCs and PCs were getting killed and stuff. That was the um, Sentinel City game. I know exactly yeah, what you're yeah, talking I, about because I know you're yeah. talking about Bishop and Nora. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was probably the most synergistic. Uh, like that, the character of just like sort of the uh, like the, the detective and like the I guess like the Gal Friday kind of type. 
Yeah. Like, it was just, it just it was really fun to play. Bishop, Bishop and Nora exist in all of my games, too. Not all of them, but yeah. any, anyone in modern settings, they both exist. Oh, shit, yeah. Alma Grove, yeah. 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 Next. Uh, yeah, and so this one's from the Nova 6. Uh, she's a mod on my Twitch stream. She does artwork. She has her own comic book coming out. She has her own Patreon. Go support oh, cool. her. You get a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, nice. Don't give her, don't give her. What's it, the name? Yeah, what's uh, the name again? The Nova 6. And she's, Nova and she's doing a, uh, it's it's called Welcome to Hallowside. And it's kind of like, what if the towns from Nightmare Before Christmas were all in the same area uh, and they could interact with yeah. each other and they had different characters? She's drawing like fucking pumpkin headed people that look really awesome. And like, she has like story. I'm like kind of, and like a producer role, just trying to tell her like, "Hey, you should use a Jack Kirby panel here. That's what works." But like, she's doing great work, and it's, I can't wait for that to release. Uh, and cool. she's also an awesome mod. But uh, she wanted to know what are things that you like to see in games, lore wise. Like, what are things that like your favorite things that like a DM or you as a DM you brought up lore wise, and or on the flip side, where are some tropes that you wish you would would just go away? Mm. Uh, oh. When players and when GMs do this. It, it hits me hard. Like, it hits me at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing uh, accounts or entries from journals and books found in the role-playing. Ooh, yeah, yeah that's that good. Is, that is that's good. good. That is yeah. really good. Something of um, mine uh, that I love is, uh, it's something that you did, Dash, and it's something that I love seeing is uh, uh, dealing with character deaths. And how that affects, and, and you actually see, like, when they die, you see how the game is affected lore-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, when you had Gregory and Serena dancing to Stand By Me. Uh, you Everybody felt that connection because there was a connection to a lore NPC. And there was an experience with that. And then even with uh, Grevid, with him dying as an old man, there was a funeral. And people were there, and there was a whole thing. It's... Handling a character death tastefully and making it impactful to the party, but also seeing if these people are heroes, seeing how that reflects to the population of where they're at, like how the populace handles it. That's really cool. A trope that I would like to see gone is fucking how people handle dwarves. Good God. (laughs) We get it. They they like smithing and stuff like that. I want to see they're, less. They're Scottish. I'm, I'm we, li- we talk like this and we live under the ground and we hate elves because they're long and they have blonde hair. <laughs> we long. fucking hate it. I fucking hate that dwarf trope. I like. I think the. That's fair though. You're. Yeah. I agree with that. Like I, I I just wish that like people would handle dwarves like kind of how you handle dwarves like they're sailors. <laughs> and, and and like it's like That's it's like funny that yeah. you say that, but go on. <laughs> I like to see dwarves as less of just like stonemasons, yeah. but like further that make them tradesmen, make them they're not just yeah. like stonemasons or blacksmiths. They're carpenters. They're weavers. They're they're tailors. Like you like. They're industrious. They're yeah. industrious. Like make them don't. Pigeonhole them to being greedy, and we talk with these kind of accents. Also, give dwarf ladies beards. All right, it's a common thing. Give dwarf ladies beards. <laughs> you guys haven't haven't come across the dwarves in Enchanted Peaks yet. No, we haven't. They're but, still a little bit north of you. But I just think like having making them instead of just like stonemasons and, and and metal workers, making them an industrial like trades race is like. Oh, they they're also weavers and they can work a loom. Yeah, because like, uh-huh. they have deft fingers like. I, I think it's funny that you used me ex- as an example in that because um, I forgot to write uh, when I, when I started artists I 
forgot to write about dwarves until a player decided to play one. Yep. Uh, so that was all pretty much made up on the fly. And actually from uh, Gary, once again, it was his backstory that kind of informed on how uh, yeah. dwarves existed yeah. in that universe. <laughs> um, so uh, my th- thanks for liking how I wrote them. I didn't have any intentions for them at the time. It was just cool to see dwarves as like sailors. Because, like, you never see that yeah. in fucking yeah. games. You never see dwarves, because, like, you always have, dwarves are scared of the ocean, because it's not in the yeah. ground, and stuff like that. And it was cool to see them be like, we're not good at this, but God, by God, we're going to fucking gonna sail fucking this it. shit. That's what I did with halflings, too, actually, uh, which I haven't... Yeah, you've had a lot of halfling captains. Uh, just one. Just but, one. But that was Still, one of the only significant halflings that showed up. I hated so. that fucking half, halfling captain. Yeah, I really actually was hoping he would go somewhere, but no, he blew up. Oh, God, he blew um, up so bad. So, I guess, uh, since I'm talking now, uh, uh, I'll, uh, so what I really like to see is, I, I like when I come to an, a new place in a world where there is a clear history and there is something unchangeable about that part of the world. And specifically what I really like is if I ignore it or if I leave that location, uh, if uh, that that part of the world keeps going, oh god, without yeah. me, yeah. it 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 if if our our party decides we don't give a shit what's happening in this town or this city or this entire nation, that nation keeps having things occur that are important to the story that maybe you could have affected. But, but you didn't. Because you, you didn't give a shit. Stone Spire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not in that game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's kind of like when you leave your hometown and you go and you live somewhere else for a couple years and then you come back and you see, oh, there's a new store. Yeah. There's like things have changed. And it's like, shit, things moved on without me. Yeah. Like, you, you thought that you were an essential part of this place, and, and you're not. Right. Like, it, it keeps growing without you. It's a really nihilistic way to look at it. <laughs> but... <laughs> but, uh, and so, I guess, what was it? Uh, things that we... Tropes want, that you want gone? banished. Um, I don't know. I, I guess mine kind of goes along with your point, which is mostly that, um, not to knock on what Tolkien did, especially because it's super important to this this whole thing really um i i hate seeing just races used in the same way over and over again God, yeah i feel like tropey races. I, yeah tropey races of course uh, I, I i you know and tropey ideas in general i think we should all try to at least in some facet explore something yeah. new with 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 every idea we present, but especially you know like races being the most obvious thing, it's always I, I hate seeing the same thing from a race every time you go into a game. Orcs are bad, dwarves are mining, elves are majestic, and majestic and, and pretentious. And forest, yeah, uh, like and humans are just default boring. And humans are just there. Uh, I, I that's boring. It's never yeah. going to be interesting. It's always going to be just. The default. Yeah. So I agree with that, uh, you know, pretty much entirely. Uh, my, my whole thing is, though, I, I think that tropes define a genre. And so it's not about doing away with tropes and embracing some tropes and whatever. It's, it's about 
recognizing that to make the game work in everyone's mind, tropes have a particular purpose. Like everyone's footing is because of tropes. Yeah. yeah. So you just gotta own and reinvent the tropes. Every yeah. every trope Agreed. needs to be, you know, taken into the tumbler of your mind and like spat back out with like a, a fresh coat of of you paint. You know, as as long as you are just taking everything and not just re. Repurpose, like not just taking the same thing and, and copy paste, but actually taking every element and retooling it and make it fit. That's us all I care about. Yeah, use whatever tricks you want. I completely but just, agree. Like, take it, and make it your own. I completely keep, agree. Keep the outline, but but switch up the main parts yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you can have orbs, uh, dwarves, and humans, but just like make them all interesting and unique, and or maybe even make them not elves, dwarves, and humans, but just some other t- type of race that all fill in those sort of gaps of like yeah. what like. Humans being sort of the, the vanilla, like elves being the sort of noble, dwarves being more of like a, 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 a proletariat, if you I will. Like, I you know what I mean? Like, right, uh, right, bright. Uh, Max Livus is bright. <laughs> bright. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now, like, All if that. one of you, like, donate to us, like, $100 or $200, I will rewrite the script of Bright and I will send it to a movie company and say, this is a better movie. On, I will on, do that. On that same note that you were giving, uh, I love, uh, I've, I've played in a couple of evening games that did this, but uh, games that make it not human centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where, like, majority population. Isn't humans majority yeah. population is instead uh, kinku? Like <laughs> that Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, I like humans. <laughs> maybe it's like the first time that like humans have ever been seen yeah. or something like that. Like make it humans are new to this. Keep, yeah, yeah, make that's, it that's interesting. Yeah. Concept as it is. Uh, I would love to see when humans first landed in, in Middle Earth. I would love to see that. <laughs> like that. Right, make that. Movie. Oh, that is actually a really cool idea. Make that movie. Um, come on. Fucking Peter Jackson. Do it, Peter Jackson. There you piece of shit, Peter Jackson. Or Warner Brothers. Let Guillermo del Toro make a fucking movie. You fucking King Kong ass are piece you, of are shit. Are you guys yelling at Peter Jackson yes. because of Lord of the Rings? I'm right, right. I'm yelling more at Warner Brothers or whoever. The I'm mostly yelling. It's, at New, Line Cin- it's New Line Cinema. What's, what's our last question? Our last question is from uh, Ryan Nordness. Oh, Ryan. hey, our review boy, our beautiful, sexy review. Thank boy. you for your review. Our show's mascot. <laughs> hey, Ryan, thank you for your Facebook review. If you could go on iTunes and do the same, we would love you even more. I'll uh, stick my dick in your mouth if you'd like. Oh, I mean, you. Got that. You can make that private. Uh, Hard cut. Hard cut. (laughs) Just do a a bleep. (laughs) Okay, cut and then up to here. Ryan, private message dash. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, go go, go out here. Okay, so he has a question. Uh, It's actually a pretty good question. Um, What's the opinion on using certain races in D&D modules, specifically Flumps and Arakra? What? Aracora. What did you say? Aracora. Those are the eagle, like the Sam yeah. the eagle. Uh, motherfuckers. Okay. Bird people. Flump, bird people. Flumps are like the underdark jellyfish. They're, yeah. yeah. Spaghetti boys. Uh, Spaghetti yeah. boys. Uh, they're pol- polarizing in that each is way too useless. Flumps or OP. Aracora. Aracora. Uh, but apparently they're totally allowed to be played. Yeah. Uh, I think except for like they're allowed. I mean they're in Volo's Guide to Monsters. Um, but Adventures League doesn't allow them because Adventures League only think uh, they only allow PHB uh, stuff. Are, do folks have a PC or a player? To yeah. Have a oh yeah, it's homebrew oh, yeah. as fuck, but they, they've got it. Uh, but uh, specifically. I like a and a type thing in a game for. Oh, uh, I. I but, yeah, Let's finish the question. Yeah. yeah Specifically, I want to play I want to play dumb characters and have fun with how OP or useless they are. Is this considered a dick move? I'm like a well-known dick, but I don't want to ruin someone's game slash module. What would you do? Also, if there's a need for a mascot for the show, I could do that. 
I'm fine with him being my mascot. He needs a costume, mm. though. Look, look, we have Tane for a mascot. Tane is not visual. Ryan, change your name to Tane and tattoo it somewhere on your body. Look, yeah, look, Ryan. Ryan can be our Tane. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, t- tattoo somebody you think is Tane on yeah. your body. There we go. <laughs> uh, as for your question, GM distra- discretion, like, talk to your GM about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're playing a game that's, like, not too serious, I use major air quotes around that. Uh, Aracora, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I, like, I know it's in Volo's Guide to Monsters. I don't even look at those guys because most people don't allow those to be played because yeah. they are OP because they have, like, their trait boosts are fucking ridiculous. I believe Aracora And they can fly. OP because they can fly. And that's they, well, that too. Yeah. Like, well, and it has claws or whatever. Yeah, well, it's like you're taking the Maxi and, like, yeah. you know, making them fly. Punching and flying. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, but, yeah. Uh, is it considered a dick move? No. No. If the DM allows it. Yeah, if yeah. the DM allows you to do it, then it's, it's the really DM, not. It's the DM's enabling fault. Also, if you can play a flump, or if you do play a flump, please let us know how that goes, because I'm actually really interested yeah, in seeing how that plays out. Yeah, I'm super interested how a flump works out. I feel like we're the wrong people to ask, because I allowed someone to play a magical, uh, bathrobe. You did. Yeah. did. That was a one <laughs> shot. Did. Was it a bathrobe or a towel? It was no, a bathrobe. Bathroom. It was a bathrobe. Uh, yeah. I've heard this story from yeah, two different people. From, from the person bathroom. that played it and from somebody that was in the room. I've heard this story. So, uh, my opinion. But yeah, um, uh, Ryan, I'll, just let us know how it goes. And if you can play a flump bard and make it like a Hanar from Mass Effect, you get bonus points in my I will make. Thing. I will make him our mascot if he gets a tattoo of, a, of the flump character he makes named Tane on him somewhere. I'll get that tattoo. That sounds like a great idea. Real, real quick. It's a bonding experience. What yeah. was what was my name? What was my character in that game? It was Sir... In which game? Uh, the one with the bathrobe. I was Sir... Oh, Wexing- oh, I was Sir, Sir Wexington of Lexington, Space Knight from the Future. Yeah. Protect ourselves from the Is this like a, a, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court? I literally came up with that name on the spot and it designed the entire character Jesus for me. Jesus fucking was, Christ. was pitched as a game to where... When everyone's fucked up and we still want to keep playing, like what's something we can get away with? Well, 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 guys, well, guys, Ira Glass from NPR is over here giving <laughs> yeah, us the wrap yeah. up. We've been uh, going for a bit. Let's so, go uh, so yeah, so uh, thank you guys for asking your questions. Awesome. Don't forget, we're on iTunes. We have our own fucking we're on channel. Fucking iTunes. High fives all around. Uh, please leave a review, rate us, ah, subscribe to us. Let us know what you want to hear. We're here for you. We are whores to the masses. Yeah, we uh, need jet skis. If you have questions for us, add us on t- at, at uh, Twitter at uh, WTII cast. That was yeah, it. yeah. Uh, uh, or, or Gmail at, at uh, WTI or Gmail. Boys with a Z. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At gmail.com. And, and th- thank you for listening. Like I, I, I'm surprised by the audience we received. This is like a thing I've been doing for for fun. I just edit it and record it and don't think much yeah. about it. And like. It's, it's slowly filtering back to me how many people are actually listening to this. Let so me thank be, you. Let me be your man. I'll let try to do your, better now. Your, your kernel. Let's actually care for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Like I, now that I know that people care, I'm, I'm, yeah. I will care. But guys, we do have a lot of special stuff planned for this podcast. We do appreciate sure. you. Absolutely. I love you all. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, thank um, you. Sure. I've been Michael Dottie. I've been Dash Holman, apparently. <laughs> I've surprisingly been Wesley Franks. And I'm still Klein Martin. And, and whose turn is it? Whose turn is it? Whose turn is it? Whose turn is it? Wait, no, guys, whose turn is it?
I think it's Doggy's turn. Whose turn? Whose turn? Who's turn? Who's turn is it? Roll that outro music. Yeah, let's roll that outro music. There it is. You can hear it right now. Right now. There it is. Slowly fading in. Guide us to the Whose Turn Is It can be found on Facebook and Twitter at WTIICast. Produced in association with the Thunderhunts Collective and the Earth Hotel. Created and hosted by Michael Doughty, Wesley Cole Franks, Dash Holman, and Klein Martin. Recording and editing also by Klein Martin. Intro and outro music by Alex Norman. Find him on Twitter at Dare Diary Online. Special thanks to Jackie Cotillard, Josie Kilcullen, and Alex Kitson. This has been Whose Turn Is It? Thank you for listening.